These tools are for you to use. Hey, I'm Dave Marr. Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, my podcast about death, life, spiritual shit, heavy shit, funeral shit, transformation, identity, all of it. This week, I am talking to Untitled Queen, who is an incredible drag queen. I found out about Untitled Queen from the Quibi show Nightgowns. Sasha Velour, my personal all-time favorite RuPaul's Drag Race queen, has a show called Nightgowns, a live show, that got turned into a short series for Quibi, you know, rest in peace, whatever. I- I'm not interested in shitting on Quibi. I'm not interested in in adding to the Quibi legacy or debating Quibi, but Quibi was my introduction to Nightgowns and to the incredible artists that are part of that show, one of which is Untitled Queen. Untitled Queen is simply put, Drag queen or no, one of the most creative artists I'm aware of working in any medium right now. I love her work. She put on a show called Untitled America on July 4th that was, I think it was a a drag queen from every single state in the United States and maybe Puerto Rico too. And then she did a show called Untitled World that was a similar thing, but with countries in December. And she's just, she's great. She's a, a a delight, and I'm excited for you to hear this conversation. You can follow her on Instagram at Untitled Queen. You can get a link to her profile in the show notes. Also in the show notes, starting this week and going forward, there is a link to a transcript for the show. When I reached out to Untitled to do this show, she requested that there be a transcript available for the show, that any promo I did include captions. She's big on open captioning. And if you go to her profile, if you see her work, you can find out more about that. But importantly, I was like, this is a great opportunity for this show to get accessible to deaf and hard of hearing people. So going forward, there will be transcripts of these shows linked in the show notes. So please check that out. You can also listen to the full interview, which for Untitled Queen includes her Kill One Thing segment. And there's a long section where we talk about kind of how she comes up with pieces and artistic inspiration at the end of her funeral planning segment. Now, her funeral planning segment is in this show, but that that extra add-on piece is not. Those are available through Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash Dave Marr, you will see links to the full episodes I do that are usually like half an hour longer than one you get in the main feed and a little more in depth. So you can go to Patreon, get that. There will also be full transcripts of those full episodes as well. So everywhere there is a show, there will be transcripts. Speaking of the Patreon, I want to thank my Pigeon Level subscribers, Fred Fidoa, Susie Carroll, Katie Llewellyn, and Kurt Chang. Thank you all for making this show happen. Thank you as well, for listening to this show. Please tell your friends about it. If you're a podcast app user, rater, reviewer, do those things. It helps to tell people about the show. It helps my ego to see that you like the show. Screenshot the episode, share it with a friend, tag people in social media posts, all that stuff. You can find me 
at thisisdavemar.com and everywhere on social media at thisisdavemar. So check those things out. All of that's in the show notes. And now enjoy this conversation with Untitled Queen. I grab your whip and take it back to Shatown. When I'm in Shatown, I treat The thing that I like to do is I like to start with several introductions. Okay. <laughs> so three scenarios. Okay. I want you to introduce yourself to me first as if I'm a stranger in a rideshare. In Second. a ride share. Oh my in gosh. Ride so, share. I'm like, this is quarantine. Do we do this still? I'm like, yeah. In whatever reality okay. it can be before it can okay. be in quarantine. It can be after. Um, second is at a party, right? Like someone who you, who you're just meeting and they're curious about like the real you. And it's someone oh. that you're okay with. You, they're not like a close friend, but you're okay with like letting your guard down around them. You're like, I'm curious to get to know this person a little bit. Okay. And then the third one is St. Peter at the gates of heaven for the purpose of this, of this scenario. Okay. Uh, St. Those, those things both exist. Okay. And and St. Peter is like, okay, um, untitled queen, right. You're just going to have to clarify for me, like exactly which untitled queen you are. Okay. Okay. So we'll start in the rideshare. Okay, start the ride share. I'm going to try and keep track of these. I feel like I have an idea about <laughs> two of them are going to be the same and one's not. But okay, ride share. Um, <laughs> this is very fun. These are fun. Okay. Um, hi, how are you? Um, my name is Untitled. Um, oh. I go, I go by Untitled Queen sometimes. Mm. Um, but most of my friends just call me Untitled. Um I'm a drag queen and I'm an artist and I live in uh, Bed-Stuy in Brooklyn. Um, I also work as a graphic designer for a nonprofit and I'm just, you know, grinding it here in the city. <laughs> Are you from New York originally? I am technically. I um technically, I said technically. I grew up on uh, Governor's Island, which was a military base in um, the lower part of Manhattan. And so I, Grew. I was born here, and then I grew up here until I was twelve, uh, and then that that base shut down. And so then I spent high school and undergrad in Connecticut, and then I came back for grad school for um, art grad school in New York in two thousand seven. So, how much of this, if you're in a real rideshare, are mm-hmm. you are you really that forthcoming? In a yeah. Share? See, the problem is, is that chat- I'm, I'm a drag queen, and like my life is so public like um you know put out there so this is why i'm saying like the ride share in the next one is like they're gonna know like everything i mean like nothing's really a secret that you couldn't look up on instagram and be like oh i know everything about her or you can look up on quibi and find every detail because <laughs> we're just like i mean I, so much of my life is like yeah it's part of like sharing stories and being very visible and yeah so i feel like the only person that i would not i probably wouldn't tell anything would be to saint peter really really yes what would you say to saint peter i'd be like girl i don't have time for you (laughs) i'm like i don't i'm like i'd be like i don't even want to be here i'm like i i'm like you can't figure it out there's nothing i can't help you (laughs) i give much more love to a stranger than saint peter um right but that's because i'm i i'm pretty like anti-religious personally but that's great yeah i appreciate you yeah (laughs) 
uh, coming on the Afterlife podcast, not knowing if I was about to try to <gasps> no, convert I'm, you to something. I, I, no, I, I appreciate you having me. I hope that that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, uh, I hope that it's a good, good enough. Like, I have some good answers for you. Knowing, no, like, totally. Bit, you know, like, I'm, I'm not very religious, and yeah, I welcome. I welcome the anti-religious <laughs> sentiments. My friend Bettina was like, I, I asked her a question. She was like, so do you have atheists on this podcast? And for some reason, my I hadn't even considered the possible implications of like talking to people Having about someone this like stuff. Me. <laughs> that, no, 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 oh. no. That, that someone like, that someone who doesn't, you know, yeah, anti-religious, whatever, mm-hmm. would think that by having a podcast about the afterlife, I would be promoting any sort of belief system. Oh, oh, sure. I was like, oh, that's wild. I mean, I'm sure I've had atheists on, but I don't like. Yeah, I mean, I thought about it too, like because I wouldn't think necessarily be pushing it, but I feel like sometimes it's like framed in like certain questions about like what you imagine, because I feel like a lot of people's ideas about the afterlife are framed from a religious religious ideas about what it looks like how it how it's structured and like what you get and things like that so um i was like oh i hope i mean i feel like i'm kind of like <laughs> optim well no nihilist nihilist like optimist so but um so i'm gonna try and really keep it cute because i feel like but i can be creative because it's it is it is an imaginative thing it's not like anyone anyone on this side actually says you know knows for real it exists so yeah. you're still imagining it it, so well i'll let yeah. you determine okay. the the way i've framed it whether it okay. feels extortative to you or not well you got um, the answer i mean i told saint peter no so i mean like that's good that's good yeah <laughs> i mean if that's the bar i'm happy yeah. to we'll see okay the question is what do you hope happens when you die Ooh. okay um, I mean, honestly, <laughs> the answer that probably no one wants to hear. Honestly, I hope nothing. I hope it's like, you know, like the cord comes out of the wall and it's like, boom, like dead space over, like no, no more consciousness, like black, not even like you black. Hope of, that. Yeah. Like I, I would hope it's like that. I hope it's like, why? Fini. Um, I just, um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, I mean. I don't know. It's a harder question to answer. I mean, I I just feel like there's something very, I don't know. It's just difficult to answer, I think. Well, because I, I, I know people who you. like believe that. And mm. I specifically ask hope rather than think because I think oh. they're like slightly different questions. And, right. and I know people who think that, but hope for something Oh, yeah. Totally I mean, like I said, I'm like different. totally nihilist. I mean, I feel like there's just something totally like off off not off kilter about this period of time or like where I am because it's not to like say like I would like want to like preface it to like I've had a very like loving happy like life and sure, very, you know sure. I've had a very like privileged like happy life it's not to say and I'm not like one of those people like oh woe is me like I live a very you know privileged life and uh, I have a lot to be grateful for um I just feel like there's just something um like I would be happy and fine with it being that's it we're done. You had enough time. This is enough. Like I'm not, um, an immortal, immortalist, like, um, or like also, I don't know. I mean, of course, like if my imagination, like this is where, like, I don't know if the questions get like other questions imaginative because I feel like 
if I could imagine other things, other kinds of reality, then I, then I could be like, okay, maybe I'll entertain something, but I'm like, maybe it's just like a period of something. And you know, this is all you've gotten. That's enough. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not interested in you like yeah. feeling compelled to like create something. I'm, yeah. I'm, it's interesting. It sounds like the fact that it's finite. It's not that you're looking forward to no consciousness. It's that the finitude of life is what feels appealing. Am I, am I right there? <laughs> I feel like I just, I don't know. I think I mean all of it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm like, let's do this. Let's be done. Let's like no more. Like I feel An like if I had it to think, I feel not even exhausted. I think it's just like, I'm done. Like I'd be, I'll be fine. I just like, I'm done. I like no more. Like, I feel like there's something about, I don't know. I just, I think it's also about like humans and like life here. I'd be like, Ooh, like I think like reincarnation, reincarnation would be the biggest punishment for me. I feel like I'm actually being punished. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like I've been reincarnated and I'm like, I, I was probably a very, very, very bad person in like that. I'm like living like multiple like lives so that like, I know that it's a problem. I feel like I wish, I'm sorry, I hope for it's over, but I'm sure that it won't. I'm sure I'll be reincarnated again and I'll be like another millennial and I'll be like, oh God, this like, no. It's being a millennial that feels the most like punishment. Um, no. And I'm, again, like I'm being totally, you know, I'm totally being tongue in cheek because, um, that's like being a millennials or I felt, I, I actually feel like, um, I'm one of these like anachronistic, like, I feel like I'm not really, I don't really like kind of gel with being a millennial, but I'm here. And like, that's another part of the punishment. It's like, nope, you grouped <laughs> in. Like, I remember like searching cause I think they came up with like zillennial and like, I got so excited because I thought like I could separate myself from this group and like my year didn't, it didn't work. I was like a year shy and I was like, fuck. Like they gave me like a two more years to like not be like a bracket to not be a millennial. And then I was But like, you didn't oh. feel comfortable just making the decision yourself. You didn't feel empowered. Oh, pretending about my age, pretending like- or- or just saying like i identify with this group more whether whether i make the year oh no i just didn't want to be a millennial i don't know if zillennials are any better but i just knew millennials was not it zillennial sounds like it's on the young side right are you i thought again like see i like i'm so i'm such an idiot like i didn't even look hard enough i just saw like something that wasn't millennial that they like just made up and i was like oh my god maybe that's me maybe i found out i'm not one of them um because oh, i'm an old millennial which yeah, is i'm, I'm, I'm 36 okay yeah me yeah, too yeah, yeah. I'm, a th- I'm an old millennial yeah okay okay because i i can i understand I, they're like the things that that people 10 years older talk to me as if i've never heard of and i'm like i i know all the things that you're talking about but and then i'm old enough where references have aged out Oh my gosh, all my brothers. I'm a total Luddite. I'm a total old lady, like old grandma. Like yeah. I'm not even a Luddite. I went to look, I was taught I was working um at, there's a like a casting agency here that I freelance at sometimes. And there's a there was an intern, this college intern, who was telling us about someone at her school, uh, who's like an Instagram influencer. Mm-hmm. And I was like Googling this person to find out more about her. Mm-hmm. And this intern looks at me and she was like, are you Googling? And immediately my brain, I was like, oh no, is Googling like an old thing now? How, how she was like, supposed to find out about her? She like, was like, her why don't you just look at her in Instagram? And I was like, 
Oh my god! And I just yeah, but felt like, like no, such an idiot. No, you're not an idiot at all because you know because Googling is like will have a um, quote unquote like a subjective like if you were looking like you know right, right. right at her thing, it's only through her own like whatever voice totally. and eyes. So like, but no, I couldn't need, explain that. You to need her. to Google it so that you can see on the Reddit what they are saying about that Instagram bitch or whoever. <laughs> I needed like, you with me uh, then. I needed you explaining that then. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll tell her. I'll tell her. <laughs> i'm just so, yeah i'm a, cr- a cranky old curmudgeon um happy curmudgeon there, there was something you were saying though about the so the like yeah what you hope and mm-hmm. that you hope it's oh the thing i was curious about is and i know it's probably automatic but you said taking the plug out of the wall. So that sounds like a, you're either in a hospital or like a hospice scenario. No, I feel like people just, it gives a good, um, I just think it's a good visual that people think there is no electricity. It's over. It's not like a slow. Oh, Oh, as a metaphor. Okay. Not like, yeah, not like that's actually a thing, but like, because I think people, I don't know. I always just feel like the there's a consciousness about thinking like it's this like slow ebb, and then you like walk towards the light. And I'm like, no, 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 like instantaneous. Like the phone dies, it's like blackout screen, whoop, like and not slow. It's like you know, one percent, it's over. Like <laughs> 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 so, yeah. Okay, not com- so- no chance of coming back. No plugging back in. No resuscitation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we'll switch to funeral planning. Okay. <laughs> Have you thought about it? Are yes. there things you want? Are there things you definitely don't want? They could be things. They could be people. Anything. Okay. okay. What thoughts have you had about <laughs> this? Oh, my gosh. Um, <sighs> um, well, you know, I definitely don't want anything religious. I don't want any service like that. Um. I, you know, always thought it was useful to be body part, body, you know, be given up to science to like give people okay. body parts um, if they wanted. Um, Are you going to say body positive? Body parts. Okay. Body I thought parts. for a second you were going to say to be body positive where oh, like, donating oh. your body to science is a oh, oh, body, yeah, body positive. I mean, it could because you'd be like, hey, she looked okay. Like, it still works. So like all these parts work. Um, I would say that I was like, that was an idea or like cremation. I think, or, you know, like being like burnt down. I was like, I don't like, I feel like I wouldn't want anything to be like expensive i want everything to just be like i'm like no casket none of this like bs no like i'm not interested in like a tombstone or anything or like um or like ashes like spreading ashes i always thought was like you know bridges of madison county kind of like oh that's so cute like you know Mm -hmm. you put it over something and i'm like but i'm like that's so much work for other people that's the whole thing like i'm so not into the work for everyone else that like reads that thing like she wants to what and then they gotta feel like they honor it i'm like forget all it like let's just like make it easy and like whatever is easiest i remember like one time my father was like you know that costs money for these things and i was like i then i like looked it up i'm like how much is cremation how much is like the police find your body and like they and then they just take you out like I, this is like i know this whole podcast is gonna sound so morbid I, again like this is like a long time ago i thought of this and like i remember looking it up and i was like dad it's really not that expensive like i remember looking it up being like it's not like six thousand dollars for a funeral it's like this much cremation without any like no urn no nothing was like pretty you know right you get it in like boxes they think yeah where i mean and i'm like you don't even need to spread it i'm like i don't know you just like 
put plot you can't i guess it doesn't it's not good for the earth to um plant um put ashes around i don't think but um I don't know. You have you ever also seen those ones? I mean, I still think it's too much work, but there's like where you put the body into like a pod that goes into the ground. I think it's called Corpus Mundi. Mundi. Okay. I always thought like, oh, that looks really cool. I'm like, oh, that would be nice. Like that would be an effective use, but I still think that'd be too expensive. Um, this comes yeah. up a lot and I find oh, that thanks. so morbid. I feel like I find that really? so it freaks me the fuck out to think about okay. this like fetal position, just like curled up in this little egg that you're becoming the, um, the, like the roots of the tree or yeah. whatever. I mean, I just feel like it's like, you know, I, I get the beauty of it, but I do not fuck with it. Personally. I mean, I think there's a lot of, you know, I mean, a lot of cultural traditions and non, you know, non-Western cultural sure, cultural sure, traditions sure. that, you know, I think make a lot of sense, you know, that you, you return all everything back to the, you know, the earth that gives yeah, you something. Totally. So, um, and you know, you're decomposed. I mean, it's like, it, I, to me, it makes a lot more sense. I'm like, because it's like literally you buy like a $7,000 box that is then keeping it inside and then like digging around. A lot of that doesn't make any sense to me. So um, yeah, I feel like no frills. And then at the other, other side, I'm like, Oh, wouldn't it be great to be like a great excuse for a party? Um, because I've always been really fascinated with, um, death that has, um, there are like happy rituals, like, you know, New Orleans or like it's music mm-hmm. and there's processions, but I don't really want it to be about me. It's just too much. Like, I just like, I feel like, cause then everyone's going to be like, Oh, like have all these sad things about like stories about me. I'm like, Oh, it's just like, you just like chill out at a bar and like, you know, remember some good stories and like maybe watch some old drag videos of mine and like, that'd be cool. Are there yeah. specific numbers that you're like, this is the one I want? Oh my gosh. I mean, you know, there's a YouTube playlist. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Oh my God. Any drag for any drag friend of mine listening to this is gonna be like disgusting. And they'd be like, no, I'm gonna play all the worst ones. Um, no, I, I don't know. I would any of it. I again I'd be honored that anyone would like, you know, want wanna watch any of these things. But I feel like Would you wanna keep your website up? Would you wanna pay keep the host yes. going? I, I totally, you know, I will say that it is a bit of a lie about not being an immortalist. I feel like I'm not an immortalist in the sense that like I wanna live forever. And I don't want to have children. So I'm not like that kind of in that way. But I do think through my art, that's a way of me, uh, of my, of my essence of like what I put out into the world having living on. Um, I, I, that I do like. So um, I do love the idea that like things on the internet last so long and that like the images and the things that have meant a lot to me as far as like what I've expressed in the world living living on in whatever form internet tumblr old website a myspace page like I love that I think that's great yeah it makes sense you say images too because I think of your work as super imagistic like a thing that I've been that I've been trying to do which is you know takes me away from like a stand-up comedy space mm. puts me in this like performance arty one man show space mm. is like think about these i'm sure i'm not the first person to call them this but unresolvable images where you like see something on stage and you can't you don't know all of what it means mm. it feels like you're like trying to figure out and 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 it sticks with you longer because of mm. that. Yeah. And I feel like your work is full of those kinds of unresolvable. Images. Oh, okay. <laughs> Does that I ring true that. to you? Yeah. Or? I love that. I love that. 
Um, well, you're not I'm, doing a lot of like literal stuff necessarily. Um, yes. You know what um, I mean? Yes. I think I know what you mean for sure. Um, I mean, um, it's hard to think. Um, I don't know. I guess it's hard to think uh, like reflexively about like your own work, like whether like what. What oh, really? I think about get... it all the time. No, no. I think – no, no, no. I think about it too. I just think sometimes like I, we – we talk so much about it. I mean, I don't know. It's not hard to do it. I guess it's like, um, I don't know. It's weird sussing out like when you've overthought it and like, that's all you're talking. I mean, this is like basically like, like, you know, what I pay, what I'm like still paying my student loans for, like what what I've been doing for like decades, which is to talk about my own work and like why, what it means and like every, every choice and everything about it. But, you know, I, I do think, um, you know, I do have a, a deep intentionality and a uh, passion about what I do in creating imagery that feels true to me. That's what I mean. For me, that's like the most important thing. Like, what is it that makes that connects the meaning of what I'm trying to say the, the most authentically? And, um, you know, to, you know, to me in that I feel, you know, that people will begin to perceive some, some element of it. Um, so, you know, that's always some kind of a, a truth is, is what I'm always after. Okay. So let's switch, um, switch streams. Mm-hmm. I was, I was trying to figure out like the right way to say like sure. change tack or fucking whatever. Mm-hmm. Start in. I have another question for you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which is, um, so this show, this podcast comes from. It's born out of a one man show I did Mm -hmm. and do, uh, with that's set in the afterlife. And one of the proposals I make about the afterlife in that show is that one of the features is that you get to fully relive one memory. So wow. Not just not just flash through your mind. You're back down in it, fully reliving it. You're not stuck there. It's just like a room you can pop into whenever you want, but you have to choose one. Oh my so god! If that were the case, oh my god, this is very hard. Oh my god, this is very hard. Oh my gosh! I can't Resist the impulse to feel like you have to summarize your whole life. Just no, no, I'm trying memory. to. I'm trying to pinpoint something that's like you know, good and not totally superfluous. Like, um, it's, that's really tough. Um, ah! I'm like, also I want to choose something like, I don't know. I mean, I shouldn't be afraid, but my mom would listen to it. I'm like, she shouldn't be hearing like the best, best moment. Um, because, um, God. Okay. And now like, and you only have, you can only choose one. You can't have two. Um, I'm so curious what other people have said. Um, in your show, do you go beyond one place? Do you talk about more than one memory? Um, I, well, I mean, there's, there's a couple of different monologues, but in this bit, I'm sharing one memory. I'm not explicitly stating that it's the memory I would choose, but it is. And it's me. It's from like a year and a half ago. I was on my way to a show. I was, uh, staying with my parents in Cincinnati. I was like driving on the highway with a turkey sandwich that I had made yeah. at their house. And a song that I really like was playing. 
and I started like rapping along to it with the still taking bites of the turkey sandwich. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. my mouth is right full. In. I'm rapping oh, yeah. flecks mm-hmm. of deli meter coming out of my mouth. And it was just so fun. And it, it was just like, this is insane. There are no people that I love in this memory, but this is so fun. This I feel so mm-hmm. like free in that moment. Mm-hmm. And so it was funny to me, the idea that I could have something as, you know, you say superfluous, but like there are some superfluous memories that no, I no, totally, totally. I mean, that's just like ju- judge, judging it because you shouldn't totally. judge judge the experience. That's a great experience, and it actually makes a lot of sense, right? Because you're like you're having multiple things being like satisfied at like the level at like true, a really true. high, very like carefree level, and I think that's very true. I feel like um, you can use either one. You can choose which one you want to hear. Like I feel okay. like one one for sure. I mean, it's weird. Like now I'm just thinking about it. It's not really like. Because I feel like one is from, one is like a period of my of my childhood, which is very like was a very bright, 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 bright spot in my life. Um, um, and I think this is just like a very experiential, and I can't even really remember it. I just remember once when I was very young, and I was in a carriage, and I was the youngest of five, so I was like, you know, always doted upon, and like all my siblings were like my parent, my parents, and um, and. I just remember feeling, um, oh my gosh, can you hear? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know if it's getting loud behind me. Sorry. Um, um, I just remember being like, uh, this carriage, there was like a blanket put over it, but I could like see like the sunlight through it. And, and then I was just like being like, carried and i just are you know being pushed you know like and oh, like, a like baby carriage very cute baby carriage sorry sorry not like a um, shopping carriage but yeah like a baby carriage yeah and i don't know if it was like my sister pushing me or what but like it's like this memory to think about like a sense memory that um that I, is very akin to like my childhood like feeling very like loved and like warm and also it's like where i grew up which i really loved and like being outdoors there like and this is not like it's not like nature nature it's just being outdoors but this like protection of this like warmth and like obviously like they put you know in retrospect they put it's like you're being wrapped you know it's like that kind of comfort but also like in my head now like intellectualizing it's like they put it over so that like it's the sun is not blaring like on me. So like, there's all this like consideration and like, I know that feeling like, Oh, like it was so nice. And like, it's so beautiful. And like, so I have very happy, like, you know, I feel like it's a familial memory. That's very like open-ended kind of poetic imagery. So there's one. Were you old enough to be conscious of those feelings at the time or is this in thinking about it in retrospect? This isn't thinking about it, but I feel like it's weird because I feel like, I can't imagine, I can't tell if that memory is like a cumulative memory, but I don't think so. I think it's just a memory of like being in that. Cause I can't think of anything else that happened that afternoon. Like I can't remember getting out of it. I can't remember getting in it. Like, but I remember like being underneath this thing and it wasn't like every time we went out, they put it over. Like I just have yeah. this memory of it. And I just like, I think about that sometimes it's like a really strong sense memory and it's like a love and like, all. but I just remember feeling like, ugh, like great. It's really like, uh, I remember, I think I'm in touch with all the feelings that I can think about from that period. Like right. the very unconditional, very, you know, you're not an, unth- you know, I didn't have to think about this, like love It's just like a complete immersion in it. And I think that's like a lot about my childhood and like my mother, my parents and my parents, but especially like my mother's and like um, very 
my mother very pervasive um a presence and um she's still alive I, i'm just saying that back then <laughs> so people think like when i say that but she's dead no she um where well like, she's gonna listen uh, to this i hope she's yeah, still alive she, i hope she oh no yes and i hope that she'll, she'll hear you know hear this part but I, I've, I've talked about her this way a lot before because um but that like energy um could really feel but also from my siblings because i like i said they were almost like all my parents so when i was you must have been like two less than two probably maybe 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 more maybe three or four or something like that yeah um what's the other one okay so the other one is probably not so like mom don't listen to this part this is like and i feel bad because it sounds like i'm being indiscriminate but like my brain is like a little bit Swiss cheese now, but like, um, you know, so, uh, I've done drag for about eight years, almost nine years. Um, and, um, I think like another moment I, I really, you know, (laughs) this community, I never dreamed about, I never thought about doing drag and it's a whole group I tapped into not knowing anybody except for one friend help, um, sort of, uh, that I went to school with um, helped me get into it. And um, so it was very unexpected in my life. And and doing this um, drag here was a very unexpected thing. It's like, uh, you know, people I think think a lot about, or people who are very into drag think a lot about, um, you know, New York, especially the Brooklyn scene being a very like big thing. And so when we, when I started, it wasn't a big deal, but we were all so inner into it and very, very excited. And every night was something different. And it was, I've never been a part of a scene period, but to like, we didn't know it was a scene. Like I feel like now people really think of it as that, or as people I know, you know, think something of that, but we yeah. just were sort of just thrown together. So I'm just thinking of like a night, a night where, you know, early on when I like got really high, like, you know, like for the, I think probably the early time when I was like, you know, trying out Molly and like being like full, like serotonin, dopamine, like levels. And then like drunk and high, but like the thing about it, it's not just like, Oh, it's not really like the, the drug and like, you know, the alcohol thing, but like part of it, it was more like, I felt I reached like this whole other place of like, creativity and friendship and like independence and like love and um like uh I really was really coming into my own so and it uh, in a whole a place I never thought I would be so and like these are nights that would be this is an experience I'm talking about like you know we would we would go out at like <laughs> so I was like I, I work full-time so I would like work all day you know, you know, uh, you know, 10 to six, come home, like eat, eat cheap pizza with, uh, I had a a drag friend of mine living with me at the time. And then we would like, all right, girl, let's get ready. We would get in makeup for like two hours and like hang out and be stupid, like pick out some like fun, ugly thing to wear. And then we would go (laughs) to a party. We would do numbers and like laugh at each other. We would think it was really great. We would talk about each other. Then we would like go to like four or five other parties. We would like go to like this rager house and then like then you know take more stuff and then like be up and then i had a rooftop on my bushwick apartment and i my ladder was right outside of my door and so no one in this apartment we were on the top floor and no one else used it and it was like this like little paradise and so we would just be up there till like you know 6 7 a.m being like 
you know, drunk. We used to buy like extra, just like, you know, extra beers and just be so stupid up there. And then just like talk about ourselves. And like, there was just this real bliss about, um, you sort of like, you're so like joy joyous, but you're so tired. And so like all these other kind of like blocks are down and then you just like exist in it. And, um, I live for those. Um, and it was that's at the very not beginning. one memory. That's like, that's what, not one memory. It's a kind of like cumulative, but like, I mean, I know I could probably pinpoint some of those particular no, ones. Yeah. But yeah. But I feel like but it's, it's that experience. What's yeah. funny is like, and not to be too precious about it, but like, it doesn't sound that different from the other the first memory. one. The other memory. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. I think the same thing. It's all, a whole lot have to do with like being surrounded, feeling very, again, mm-hmm. encompassed in um, a feeling and, um, I feel like being myself, I think that's a thing. I feel like, um, you know, that's why I think drag is one of those mediums that really gravitated to, um, because it's so, you work so to be so unapologetic about being and existing and being very visible about it. And I think it empower, it empowers that part of you. Um, so yeah. And then like, because I think in, in, in youth, that's why I think I think a lot about these periods in youth being so powerful in my life because I didn't have to think about it. It was provided to me and, um, and it was unconditional and there was no ties. And, and then growing up, you know, you create all these blocks and then all this other shit happens. And then like you meet like adults and people are assholes and stuff. And like, you're like, you like, what are, you know, quote unquote real world. And then, you know, you learn to sort of filter all these things. And I think drag, Drag, queer community, art, all those things are, you know, ways to unlock, unlock that, that place. What's your coma? And this oh requires God. some explanation. I okay, know yeah. I, I know I led with this a little bit in yeah, my, I'm so my initial message to you. Mm-hmm. Because it feels like if I can grab, you don't know me from Adam. So if I'm grabbing your attention a little bit. This shit happened to me six years ago. Uh, you know what I mean? It's not like yeah. I'm not like actively recovering from this thing. But you should tell people that. You should be like, oh my God. So last week I got out of a month long coma. Like you should milk it for whatever, you know. Oh, <laughs> trust me. There are there are ways. Um, I did use it to get my mom into a show one time. Oh my God, I was, really? I was performing and it was like my first show back from the coma and mm-hmm. there was a line out the door Amazing. and the bouncer wouldn't let my mom in. And I had to talk to the bartender and say, Hey, how, how I'm the coma guy. Yeah. Well, cause they didn't know. And, and so oh. that like immediately that opened the door. Then, you know, I have like certain credits that I got from the coma that it's like, man, have you done anything since the, this American life episode? Cause it seems to be the only thing you mention on all the fucking posters. Oh you my know what God. I mean? But like, <laughs> but, um, and there was something recently too that I feel like I used it for. But anyway, um, that's beside the point. The the question is mm-hmm. like, what is for you a moment of transformation, big or small, where it felt like there was a part of you that existed before that died or was stripped away and you were a new person afterward? Mm. Oh, okay. Okay. It was that how it was for you? It wasn't that clean. I think it's I think it's really interesting the way we have like 
narrative setup, right? So it's like, right. I wasn't like, I definitely became a slightly less reactive, more responsible uh, mm-hmm. sure. person, you sure. know, got sober, start taking care of my diabetes better, but like, mm-hmm. um, but it didn't happen right away. And mm-hmm. so, so there are definitely th- things I did after the coma where I'm like, that really doesn't fit with new Dave that fits with like, I think of that as old Dave, but it happened in like mm. new Dave timeline. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, sure. but there are some ways in which, yes, that did happen. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I would say, I mean, I, I tend not, I'm going to, I have a good, I have an answer for this, but I, I tend not to think of myself like, I don't believe in a true self. I don't believe, I, you know, I, or like one thing is, it, or, or a public and a private self, like, um, mm. or, you know, I mean, I, I think I, for, for me, they all emanate from the same place personally. So that's why I like, I think, you know, like I'm not a, I think some people also ask this like, oh, like when you're in drag, like you're, it's like different. And like, I'm the same person. There's no, there's no difference between me and like who you're talking to now and like what, what you see anyway in yeah. any other element of my life. So they're all, it's one continuous stream is like who I am. And so like, I don't really think of it as like, even for myself, like I don't think of an old me or like a dead sure. me. I feel like it's like, it's carried throughout and they all like, it all informs itself and like in things change. But um, so like, I will say, th- I will say, I think a pivotal moment in my life <laughs> is um i mean i had a lot i have to again like i have to really like i'm i'm so fortunate and i feel like i really i thought a lot about how much like my parents sacrificed their their lives their autonomy um to allow me to have one to have one where I've made so many of my own decisions as far as like what I wanted to do. Um, as you know, I love making art and I'm doing it and like, um, you know, typical, like, you know, I'm broken all this other stuff, but like, it doesn't really matter. Like, I feel like I was able to chase all these things because of all these things that they've given up. And, um, and this sort of leads into this, this point, like the thing is like, I went to art school and then I went to grad school, a grad art, you know, art school. And like both of these things, like, you know, my, my parent, you know, it wasn't like I had to do it. I just like, um, and my parents, you know, helped me achieve those things and helped me out with them, um, to realize these things. Um, and they weren't, they weren't artists like, you know, they are in their own way, but they, you know, they wouldn't, they weren't like, didn't claim to know exactly what, what I was doing. They're just supportive. So, but, um, so I feel like, you know, coming to New York, uh, in 2007 for grad school, like was a big part of me, like, you know, leaving where, um, you know, where I spent high school and undergrad and like, you know, living. But, um, so that was a big point, but the, probably the bigger one in, in like this period is that like, I, uh, so in grad school, I dated this, um, I dated an actor (laughs) and, um, who, um, I loved and all this stuff and he was great. But, um, we lived together for four years, and but like I basically dated him when I was in school. So then, when we broke up, I is when I really lived on my own for real. Because like basically, when I moved to New York, I met him, and then like we were hanging out all the time. And it was like 
I didn't, I didn't live by myself. And so when we broke up, like we were living together and I moved out and I moved in with two roommates who I knew, who I like peripherally knew. Um, but for me, that was a big turning point. Cause it was like, I was on my own. I was like, finally like living my real independent life that had nothing to do with anything outside of me. Like those people were not like my best friends. They like, they didn't depend on me. We didn't have an interdependence. Right. right. And that is also when, I started to do drag. It was like, um, I also don't believe in astrology and I don't believe, but like someone, when I was working at, um, I started working at the place I work now, um, at this nonprofit. And this one was like, I was turning 27, 28. And she was like, your Saturn's return, which is supposed to be right, a big, right, right. big three year period of yeah. change. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, but like all those things happened within that first year, like moved out. And then like, I was already sort of starting drag, but then like, that's when I met all these Brooklyn people that like changed my life. And like, the thing about it is that like, I met my, I met my independent self. Like I met, and I feel like I met my, um, I mean, the art, art, doing art school was that independent self, but like, I really felt like, um, I didn't have a, an identity tied to, you know, wanting cheaper rent and wanting to like, you know, be in a like kind of domestic relationship with, yeah, you know, somebody yeah. like where my, where my livelihood and my like life was so tied to caring about someone else. Like, you know, it was like, I got to really try things and I really put myself out there. I never wanted the drag is such a funny thing because I never saw myself doing it. I never thought I could get on a mic. I was absolutely petrified of doing a lot of these things. Um, I still, what am drew you to it? I, Oh, I have no idea. Um, no, I was kidding. Um, <laughs> I, um, Oh, I mean, um, I have, I, Oh, I'll get into, it. I, I'll get right into it. I just, it's like saying, I just feel like that was, this is a big turning point in my life where I, like I just think about my parents and like where I really set to myself, like this is what it means to be an independent person. And like where your priorities and what you make for yourself, you know, you can give everything to, and you can really risk it. And, um, and were, there, were there things that like surprised you about yourself in when that happened? I mean, I think doing drag was a big thing because it's not that I wouldn't have done it with while living with my ex, but like, not doing it, I was like, I have all the time to do whatever I want. And then I was like, and I also just started to just say yes to things. So, so that's what drag was about. Like, it's kind of funny because I always tell the story that like, I really wasn't into drag at all. I actually didn't really like it. Like I, you know, not that I didn't see, I used to see some drag queens out or drag artists out. And, um, you know, I thought it was like, oh, this is okay. I was never obsessed with it. I wasn't really into RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, but I had this, my friend, uh, I always bring her up. She's one of, she's one of my best friends. And she's one of my great collaborators. And we went to art school together. Her name's Jess Ramsey. And so she's an amazing artist. And she was heavy into nightlife and she was a DJ. So she was the one that was sort of suggesting that I do it. And then I was like, I had, so in, in school, in art school, I've been doing drag my whole life. I just didn't call it that. That's what, it, that's the whole case. <laughs> everyone knew before me. I've been like, was a drag queen. Everyone knew. I was like the last person to know. And I was like, oh, right. I was the last person to accept it. I'd be like, oh, right. That's what it is. Like, how so? Um, what, were, what do you mean by doing drag? <laughs> I was just dumb because um, I also will say this drag is like, it's a completely open-ended thing about what that means. I've learned that all day. Like it, it's an art form that has no real, um, Set con concrete. It has not, it's not a concrete. It's a, a very fluid medium. 
Um, which is why I love it. It's why, because I feel like I have a very interdisciplinary practice or lots of mediums really speak to me and like combining them to tell something, to be a storyteller. That's what, that's what I think my work is about. Telling stories truthfully, um, is what I think I do. And then I use all these things to, to tell the stories. Um, sorry, what was I saying? What were you were asking me about? Um, I was just asking yeah. you if there were things yeah. about that, like independence that, where you surprised yourself and you said that oh, doing yeah. drag was one of them. And yeah. I mean, really, I think, I think it's just like putting myself out there. And like, like I said, my friend really encouraged me and oh, like I was saying, because I was the last to know, like in school, I, I was doing a lot of quote unquote, performance art and in costume and, um, and dressing yeah. up and like, okay. um, so, and I even had a professor tell me things that look like I look like drag. And I was like, really, I don't get that. <laughs> I like literally said that and I was like, that's not me at all. And like, you know, flash, flash, you know, forward to like, I'm doing it all the time. But, um, I, um, but all the kind of storytelling and my like love of sculptural costume, performative things are all the things that drag puts together in one form. Um, so I feel like that's what I'm saying. I feel like I've always been uh you know what i would call now as a drag queen or i was i only say i've been doing drag for eight years but i've been doing it my whole life i've been right. i've been interested in the spirit of what this medium is i just didn't have the words for it i mean it's not unrelated to you know it's not unlike comedy stuff where you're like making people laugh and getting attention as a little kid and you're like feeling this rush of like i have the ability to create a bodily sensation in another person just through words or actions you know mine are like tears people are like oh my god really like they're like i can't unfortunately oh, mine are kind of tears these days too yeah. so that's why i'm writing <laughs> I, I love out it i love it i love it i don't think it's a bad i think it's a great i think it's a great thing i also i live for all emotions all emotions but i definitely feel like i sometimes tend towards um maybe the not not as quote-unquote happy but um yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah for sure and it was the it was that breakup that so it's like if we're doing if we're really reducing it, which is oh no, it has nothing to do with him. It has it has to do with me moving on to my own thing. So that's what right, it is. but it's the just, break, yeah. the dominoes are breakup, independence. Break I guess I guess if we'd have to do it about him, I just like I hate anything that's so like inherited by someone else. Like it just like of course yeah. the, the things like went together, but. Um, yeah. You know, I like, I mean, I, I guess, you know, that, that is true. Like I, I had this idea that I told somebody, you know, I'm sure everyone's heard it. You always hear some young person. No, you hear any person tell you, I'm going to, I think I'm going to move in with like my partner. And you're like, don't uh-huh. do it. Um, I mean, like, I always am like, don't do it because of that one experience. And like, I'm, and of course, like I told one of my coworkers, she's very, you know, I'm 36. She was, and she's like, she was young and she was like, she fell in love, you know, with her person she was already a roommate with, like in a with four other roommates. And then she was like, We're gonna like move in the next apartment we're gonna get, like we're gonna be together. And I was like, you know, I was like, I love you and like, you know, I'm just gonna be real with you. I'm like, don't do it. And I was like, it will end and you will it will like hurt so bad, like it I wouldn't wish it on anybody. And I'm like, and I'm just being real with you. Like I know you're and then I was like in my head, like three seconds later, I was like, She's not going to listen to this too. Like, and then I was like, wait, you're 22. Right. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, you know what? You're due a life altering heartbreak. Go. <laughs> and I was like, go for it, girl. And she, 
oh my god, Kelsey Priest, they're not together anymore. And um <laughs> and you know, and she she's actually like kind of coming out of this break, but I was like, this is the time you write your like, you know, life altering sonata, you make all these things like um, you know, you you write your novel that you've known for. And like, I mean, I think um I just think like that's a thing. Like I don't know. I mean, of course, everyone will just think I'm just like sort of some bitter Betty, but I'm not. I'm totally open to like love and all these other things. But I feel like <laughs> I feel like American culture. I mean, a lot of cultures um, are so pressed upon an identity that's you know this is also heteronormativity that your your life your life and your identity is so intertwined with having a family, being in t- your relationship to someone else. You know, being you know being single, being not single, like you know that people think of you that way. So what changed my life was not having that, and finally not equating my worth to that, and that's what changed it. So I feel like um, that's that's one one way of like where I stopped kind of like realizing like, oh, I don't have to fit into this thing. I don't have to fit into the system the way that it's told to me that like my life isn't is in relation to someone else. My life is in relation to myself and what I what I'm and I feel like that is what like opened the floodgates to the possibilities. And that's why drag. Drag is like the sky is the limit because it shows you lots of things that you can do. And like with nothing. You know, so like um I think that's what's the most empowering thing about it. Um, and like I said, like, I never thought I could be on a mic, never thought I could entertain anybody or tell or, or be on one without being like completely petrified and like, but doing these experiences and like drag is also very present. And I feel like anything with performing, you just have to do it. Sometimes it's just like, there's nobody, somebody, you know, dropped out of the lineup. you got to go on right now. And so you're like, okay, like you summon the energy to push and, you know, it comes, something comes out. And, um, so I think that that's the big transformation learning learning the wholeness in yourself and that you know and that's it that's a that's a huge freedom for me yeah just learning the wholeness and just you know just a little whatever just learning the wholeness <laughs> tapping into nugget. the full abundance of life, life? And, and yeah and possibilities i just feel like i feel like life is so open i feel i mean that's terrifying to a lot and it terrifies me too but i think um i don't know what so many people are so con- we're in my, including myself so conditioned to thinking there's a certain s- setup of like life steps and like drag is not on the life step for you know or is not a prescribed thing to me and so when i found it i was like wow you know what is this like miraculous thing that just like opened my eyes to lots to lots of stuff it's like a lot it was a light bulb in my life That's the show. Thank you so much to Untitled Queen for coming on, to you for listening. You can follow Untitled Queen at Untitled Queen on Instagram. Follow me at This Is Dave Marr. My website is thisisdavemarr.com. You can sign up for my newsletter there. I send that out every week. You can go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash davemarr. And for just $3 a month, you can get each week's full episode. Other than that, tell people you know who would like the show about the show and I will talk to you next week you can do them have faith you are human only human and human beings they do miracles